exciting news. Yes. It is launch week around these parts. So our Wayman Unlimited onboarding coaching program is now open for enrollment. If you are a digital creator who's looking to add more predictability, more profit, and more peace into your business, our Wayman Unlimited program is here to help you. Through our monthly onboarding coaching sessions, we'll remove the overwhelm of growing your business and give you specific marketing tactics to focus on each month so you can grow, but at a sustainable pace. Because we're all steady, about... Steady. Slow growth around here. We take a slow and steady approach to running a calm business so you can reach your business goals without sacrificing your well-being. By the way, also included in Wayman Unlimited is a lifetime account to our core software, Tea Tree, which is the most customizable and brandable course platform on the market. You also get access to a member favorite group accountability system we call Wayme of Stones. That's Please right. don't sue us, Game of Thrones. <laughs> where we blend fun and action taking together in our weekly Wayme Slack community through doing some accountability and sharing our goals, getting our tasks done every single week. That's right. If you are interested in joining Wayman Unlimited, head to wanderingaimfully.com slash join to learn more and get all the details. And just as a reminder, the doors will be open until March 26th. Welcome to another episode of Wandering Aimfully, the show. By the end of this episode, we want you to get rid of everything you own. Everything. Every single thing. You we just want you have a pencil. Donate it all, and you have one number two pencil left, <laughs> and you have to figure out life with just that no pencil. No clothing either, so you you did math. This episode's on minimalism, and specifically our journey through it, where we got started, how it has, be, uh, has been one of the best things, I think, for us in our relationship, and even in business. Definitely, and kind of how we think about minimalism, um, how we consider purchases, and um, how we think about consumerism in general. Yeah, so we hope you enjoy this episode and you're gonna learn a little bit more about this new backdrop if you're watching on YouTube. So tune in for that. Hey there, we're Jason and Caroline Zook, a husband and wife team who believes life is just one big experiment. This is the show where we share our journey as we figure out this ever-changing thing called life. We cover topics like running a business, traveling the world, and clawing our way out of debt, all with the hope of inspiring you to live, work, and create with more intention. Life might bring its twists and turns, but when you know who you are and what you want, you're never really lost. Welcome to Wandering Aimfully, the show. you are listening on your favorite podcasting app, hopefully this audio quality sounds a little bit better. If you are watching on YouTube, you're going to notice something very different, which is we are in a brand spanking new studio, y'all. I'm waving my arms like one of those wavy inflatable things. <laughs> like a like a used car lot. Yeah, yeah. it's a used car lot is now where we're recording from. So come on down to get a 1997 <laughs> Saturn Ion. Very low payments. Oh God, a Saturn Ion. Um, Gross. This is the Watch Pod. Uh, it is our new studio. Yep. And without going too far into detail, we did record a short little bonus episode where we explained to you guys why we changed locations for filming the show. Um, so you can hop over the vat, hop over to that video. Nice. Thank you. Um, when you're done watching this slash listening to this, um, and we explain everything there. But just know that we this was a better move for us to do the show here. Well, we have a nice new set. It's amazingly uh, grateful thing that we have for our friends that they can set this up for us. Our friends helped us out and converted their guest bedroom into a podcast recording studio for us. And hopefully that means better audio quality for you, better video quality for you, better lighting, all those good things. And we have a new format. So we are going to continue to kind of go down the tangents and stories along with one topic on this show. But we are going to set a timer. And if you're not on YouTube, there's a cute little blue timer that we bought so on cute. Amazon. It's so cute. And it's got this little uh, red 
uh, area that will show, kind of like a pie chart. I'm going to open up the pie chart, and we're going to go. My favorite. Sorry, I have to interject. My favorite thing is hearing you try to describe things for people who are only listening. Yeah, it's fun. So it's they like can a, think, it's like a pie chart. Think of your think of it like four inches by four inches, blue around <laughs> the outside, white, clean, minimal Love clock it. face. And then when I turn the hand open, it is a bright red pie chart going to 25 minutes on the clock. Where we are going to start right now. So our new format, 25 minutes about a topic. And then we'll Google something for you because you need that. So not a huge departure in what we were doing before. And the timer might just ding sporadically. Oh, yeah. Let me turn on the sound for it because I wanted to. It only dinged because it ended. I ended it. So, um, yeah. We're still, you know, if it just dings in the middle. We're figuring fine. it out. It's fine. All right. All right. Today's topic is we want to talk about our journey through minimalism yes. and how you might be able to find your flavor of minimalism, yes. listener, dear listener. Uh, you, we were talking about this and we were getting started to record. Like, I really, I have to put myself back and I, I can like put myself right back where we started. I don't even remember because our idea of minimalism is so ingrained now in our lifestyle and my every thought. That I was telling Jason, I don't actually remember. I have to like really struggle to put myself back in the mindset of where I was before that it even came onto our radar. Mm -hmm. But I'm starting to remember like the multiple shopping trips every month Mm. um, to even like they weren't expensive, but just places like TJ Maxx or Target or whatever. And now I'm realizing it's not that hard to to remember what it felt like to be constantly consuming all the time. So maybe... Let's first set the stage time-wise. Yep. Um, when did minimalism come on our radar? Yep. And kind of what was our frame of mind at the time? First of all, I apologize to everyone listening. I had to, we had to get the intro stuff. <sighs> so there's a crisp, cold Milwaukee's best. <laughs> Different every time. Hopefully that ASMR, ASMR sounds great for you guys. To those of you listening for the first time, Jason is not drinking in Milwaukee's oh, best. Oh, no, uh, it's not. It's a uh, sparkling water. Yes. Okay, uh, so we went to Fargo, North Dakota in 2013 for a small conference called MisfitCon. Which we have talked about before on the show? I think so, yeah. Or- origin story, probably? Yeah. Uh, it uh, was a very, very, very amazing handcrafted event by our friends AJ and Melissa Leon. And we're going to not save, not uh, include all the details because we're trying to be a little bit more succinct in our see, episodes here. See, the constraints are working. So I was a speaker at this. Yep. Uh, the I Wear Your Shirt business I was running was literally about to be shut down. It was, I was just feeling miserable in life. I was feeling a complete fraud. It was terrible. Because, uh, by the way, you were invited to speak because of your successful I Wear right, Your Shirt business. Right. Uh, we were in debt. We were not doing well financially at all as far as money coming in. We had racked up money on credit cards, mostly from business debt, but we did have some personal debt because of, you know, TJ Maxx. <laughs> and uh, we, I watched a guy walk on the stage who looks like a very young Christopher Walken. Absolutely. Uh, and what you got to do is I, get a free range in my chicken. Brain, in my brain, I was like, any chance we get through this without a Christopher Walken impression? No. And my brain said, no. What you got to do... Uh, It's pretty good. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Young Christopher Walken steps on stage. His name is actually Joshua Fields Milburn, a very handsome fellow. Many of you may know him if you follow The Minimalists. And he and Ryan, it was just him Mm -hmm. who was there. We didn't know about Ryan at the time. We didn't know about Ryan. We didn't know Ryan existed. And then, boy, did our lives change when we found out. So we listened to Joshua tell his story. It was eerily similar to some of the things I had been through in my life of uh, chasing revenue, making money, spending all that money, your lifestyle just leveling up the hedonic treadmill that you just get on and you keep acclimating to this new normal of life and you keep spending and all this stuff. And he talked about how minimalism came into his life through his friend Ryan and how they started, you know, getting rid of stuff in their homes and getting rid of stuff in their lives and even decluttering some of their mental baggage and and all this different stuff. So 
We left Fargo and on the flight home, I remember us writing notes in a notebook of all the things we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And first of which was me letting go of Irie's shirt and just saying, like, it, it was time to shut this thing down. Uh, it was also like, we just let's just go through the, our house and let's see what we can get rid of. Mm -hmm. And let's just start with one of the things I talked about was just doing a closet cleanup. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just go in our closet. And for me, having my Irie's shirt business at the time where I wore a different T-shirt every day previous to that. I had lots of T-shirts. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you, like a normal person, just had clothing. And so it was time to go through that and attack that. So that's really where it started was a closet clean out. Yeah. And it's actually the first thing whenever we recommend to someone or even in our minimalism article that I wrote called Find Your Flavor of Minimalism is to start with just something small, like going in your closet on a weekend with your significant other, if you have one or with a friend, grab a couple garbage bags or boxes and just go, if I haven't worn this in six to 12 months, it's gone. Yeah. Especially if you live in a place that's more seasonal, like 12 yeah. months. But so for me, the closet thing was so huge because for... A couple of different reasons. Number one, having to go through my closet did make me realize that how much I was shopping. I never thought of myself as a shopper because I wouldn't go to like expensive boutiques and drop hundreds and hundreds of dollars on things. But you start to realize like, especially we both didn't grow up with a lot of money. Like, so I considered myself frugal. So I loved a good deal. So I would go to a TJ Maxx or I would go to a sale rack at Target and I would get these like $12.99 steals for shirts that would just disintegrate in the wash literally with like one wear. Um, but it would give me that retail therapy, that little mini dopamine rush of buying the thing and, and having like a new outfit and I would feel so good. And then I would just never wear it. And having to go through my closet piece by piece and relive each of those purchases and start to realize, oh my gosh, like I think I'm only spending this much money on shopping. A, I'm spending this much money on so shopping. Caroline just showed, for those oh. of you not watching on YouTube, she showed about <laughs> one inch between her fingers, and then she, her other hand came in, and it was probably a foot and a half I between the like two hands. I feel like maybe those listening might be able to pick that up through context okay. clues. Well, I just like to clear it up. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so number one, it was like really, I guess, taking a hard look at my habits, mm -hmm. that uh, my shopping habits, which that was what the closet thing did. Number two, you think like... I, I would say most of us, if we're not in the minimalism mindset, we donate things to Goodwill or whatever. We do that maybe like once a year or once every other year. But tr but truly, you're only just sort of making room in your closet for more of those spending habits if you're not really drastically changing something. And so once I, I just got ruthless, like I went through my closet. This is about the same time also that I discovered something called capsule wardrobes, mm. where it made me realize if you have you can take what you think you need in your wardrobe and pare it down by like 25% by almost maybe even 10%, but have things that coordinate. And suddenly it becomes a lot more fun to mix and match things in your wardrobe. The third thing is that I realized that the closet was like a metaphor for the way that my brain felt. It just felt chaotic. Waking up every day to choose something to wear wasn't fun. It was like, oh, what fits? What do I? I was keeping things in my closet that made me feel bad about my body. We, we do that all the time, both men and women. I, I would say Men do it as much as women. We just don't acknowledge it. But you keep the like, oh, when I get in shape, get I'm going to be shape. able to fit into these. Or, uh, oh, man, I used to wear that in college and I looked good in those. I think Ramit Sethi, who is a very famous uh, kind of article on this, it's like, uh, I think it was his college jeans or something like that. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the specifics. But it's like, those fit super well back then. But none of us really have the bodies we had in college anymore because yeah. we're older and we just, you know, we've eaten well. Uh, but, yeah, we, we men do the same thing. And I was very guilty of this as well. I was keeping shirts. I was keeping jackets. I was keeping pants and all these other articles of clothing. I was like, oh, I don't really fit into these anymore. But maybe I will someday mm -hmm. when I get back to it. So I need to keep them because I can't just get rid of them. I also realized I was doing a thing. Maybe women can relate to this, but I would buy a new dress or new whatever for every special occasion. So it was mm. like, 
I wouldn't even go back to old dresses and try to like reaccessorize them or put on a new jacket or kind of re, as my friend Leah Lou Style says, remix them. I would always just need to go get the new thing to make me feel confident about that event. And I mean, without jumping at too much, that's completely changed now. Um, but so that first, so what I did was I actually, instead of donating a bunch of stuff, I was like, we're kind of in debt. So maybe I can make some money off of this. And at the time, th- uh, Threadflip was like a big thing. I think there's a bunch of different apps now that basically you can resell your old clothing. But I was going to list every single piece that I was getting rid of on Threadflip and try to kind of amass, you know, whatever profit I could from all of that. And then Jason walked in and he was like, this is going to take forever. Why don't you just list it all together? And I was like, nobody's going to buy that. This goes back to a phrase in our household called, you don't get what you don't ask for. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just list everything. And then just say say that you'll take like 500 bucks for it. I mean, it was like 40 pieces of clothing. It was a ton of stuff, a ton of shoes. And I was like, I mean, I guess I have nothing to lose. So I put it on Instagram. And a complete stranger bought it. <laughs> All of my clothing. So good. Um, I guess looking back now, it's sort of like contributing to someone else's like consumerism a little well, bit. Well, I think I remember w- when she bought it that she was basically going to do the same thing. She was like, I'm going to clear out my entire closet yeah. and I'm going to like have this stuff moving forward. Yeah. And it was a way for her to like replace everything in her closet. And yeah, it's I, really funny thing. Sorry. I just had like this one side thought where I was like thinking of some of those things that were in that and that they're just sitting in somebody else's closet is such a weird yeah. thing anyway. I, I think for me, when I when we went through this closet clean out, it was just really, it becomes really empowering. Like it's yeah. very difficult to start, say with something simple, like just going through your closet and cleaning out because you have all this mental baggage and you have all this, just like I've sunk cost bias, really. Sunk cost bias. I spent money on this. I've, you know, I wanted to wear this. I think about this outfit every time I go in my closet or whatever. And when you finally start to let go of that and physically put it into a bag from a shelf, and it's funny how much stuff we found that just was like dust covered. And it's not that we're dirty. It's just that stuff finds its way into the back of drawers and shelves and hangers. And, Garages. Oh, and it's just, it's all it's, it's all nestled back in its place. And, and so we kind of pulled all of that stuff out, put it in bags. And I remember we filled up probably three or four garbage bags. And there's no way I would have told you we have three or four garbage bags of clothing to give away. No way. Because even when we were done, we had a full wardrobe yeah. and then some. And and then giving this stuff away, it just makes you feel so good. And I remember for us, that was 100% the catalyst that kicked it forward of what else can we go through? Yeah. Well, I think like you said, you touched on it with the empowering. It makes you feel in control. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel like these things are not controlling you, that you're controlling them, that you, it's like taking ownership back over your life, that you are the person that is allowed to make choices about what you bring into your life and what you don't let into your life. And that metaphor extends not just to clothing, not just to possessions, but everything. It's mental, it's emotional, it's it's just creating boundaries for yourself. And so that that for me is what I felt is like I'm in control of the things that I let into my closet. And then it getting dressed in the morning felt like an act of creativity because I could see everything yep. and I could just mix and match. And it felt really good instead of having all of these things that I wasn't wearing. So the next step after that for me specifically was I had all of these relics from my I wear your shirt business. I had some camera equipment that I just never used because it was older. I had lighting equipment. We had boxes of props, props so many Costumes, props, so many wigs, dresses, <laughs> so much stuff. And it was a constant reminder that I didn't even realize of this business that like made me feel bad about myself. And so I would walk by the closet that held all these things, or I would walk into our office that was still covered in I wear your shirt memorabilia and painted in weird ways. And I don't even think I realized the mental toll that just held me into it, kept me in this place of negativity. And then we finally decided, why? Why are we holding on to this? Let's get rid of all of these things, repaint everything, like have a fresh start. 
And it's crazy how much better I felt after well, that. Well, something that I think is worth acknowledging, though, is you asked the question, why? Why was I holding on to those things? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like those relics of this business, despite the fact that it quote unquote failed, it was the peak in, of, in terms of success in your life. And so do you think that there was a part of you holding on to it because it reminded you of something that you feel like you did succeed at and that was hard to let go? Because letting go would actually mean that like that peak was kind of over and that you were going to have to work to, you know, find something else. Totally. I, I think there's so much to be said for getting rid of all this stuff, especially when it becomes business related. It's like, I'm actually admitting to the fact that this is over and yeah. I'm not just hanging on by a thread and going like, well, maybe something will happen with this and everything will be okay. And and also I think there's just a lot of us who are business owners or who start a side project or whatever. We put so much of ourselves into these totally. things. And so it feels like I'm, I'm getting rid of a part of myself in, in which case it, you kind of have to think about it like a part of yourself that is rotting or that has gone bad and you need to get rid of it. Because in order for something new to grow. Because it's going to take over. It's going to keep you in this negative place, like I said. And, and I think that for me just became so empowering once I decided, hey, you know what? All this stuff doesn't define me. The success of this project is the success of this project through all of the work that I did, the videos I put out, the happy clients, the the fans that are around the world that liked this thing that I did. It's not the boxes of props and wigs and silly stuff that I have or the the mural that we put in our wall in our office. We can paint over that. We can get rid of that stuff. And and when we did, I remember I remember the first roll of the roller over this like really cool hand painted mural by a friend of ours uh, named Varick in in Florida. Uh, it was just so awesome. It was just such a cool wall. You can actually find a picture of it. I think if you just search like Jason Sadler, I wear your shirt wall, you can probably still find it if you want to see it. But I remember that first roll of paint, white paint over myself, like I'm painting over a caricature of myself. Wearing a t-shirt with wearing, the I wear your shirt yeah. logo on it. And I I almost shed a tear. Like I almost felt like, wow, I'm literally like just erasing a part of me. And then I got like three or four more rollers in and I'm like, I want to do the whole wall. Like yeah. it just felt so like good once start. I got beyond there. Yeah, for sure. And the reason I brought that up too is because I think it's really important for people out there if they have a similar scenario to that to ask themselves like it could be anything. It could be is it the old sports trophies that like you're not playing anymore? Is it the term papers that you wrote in college and because that's when you last felt like you were really good at something like you were, you know, an academic. Like whatever those moments were of the our past versions of ourselves, I feel like we all carry those relics around and, as a as a way of reminding ourselves that we were that, but the truth is we're all growing and, and we I, change. I would say the more uh, detrimental stuff is the stuff that we tried, but we didn't follow through on that we kept just like the clothing that doesn't fit us anymore. Just in case. Just in case. Just in case we pick it back up. Yeah. In the so future. it's like maybe you went down some major in college that you yeah. stopped doing and shifted yeah. gears. You still have the books, you still have the things because you feel really bad. Well, that's you didn't the thing that. is, that's the thing. It's like, it's like the dress in your closet that doesn't fit and it makes you feel shitty every time you look at it. It makes you feel like you you need to change your body, but you keep it in your closet and it's the same thing. It's like mm -hmm. the things that you tried but you never followed through on. Why do you keep that stuff when all you do is feel shitty about yourself when you yep. see it? You yep. see the dust that it's collecting and you go, man, there's another thing I didn't fall through with. Get rid of it. Yeah. It's fine. You tried it. You experimented with it. You didn't follow through with it. That's fine. Maybe you weren't passionate about it. Get rid of it. Give it to somebody else so that they can try their hand at it and stop putting stuff in your home that makes you feel bad about yourself. Yeah. And I would say that the one thing for minimalism for me that really showed itself to be true and has since 2013, since we've considered ourselves minimalists and we do own many more chairs than one, by the way, <laughs> uh, we own two. Uh, <laughs> truthfully, we own two. Um, but the, the thing that has really shown true for me is that nothing that I've let go of have I regretted. Right. 
And anything that I've let go of, specifically, I think about like kitchen items. When we went through our kitchen and like mm-hmm. get rid of all the stuff, like I can just go buy that again. A hundred percent. And if that I is if so I apparent. really 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 need it, like maybe it's a mixing bowl or something. I'm like I've never used this mixing bowl or I don't remember last time I used it. So I'm donating it because I'm in the mode of donating and I'm just like on a roll. And then two weeks later, I'm like I really want to make brownies and I wish I had a mixing bowl. Well, guess what? I I'll can go, go buy, a mixing bowl. buy a mixing bowl for ten dollars. That is such a thing that the minimalists have said. Because the, the next year we went back to that same conference, Ryan was there. And we were like, well, there's two of you. Well, who are you? <laughs> and I remember that was something that they said, which was that exact thing, which is like, really, you if it's OK, if you need something, you can actually go out and get it. And I thought to myself, that is so true. Like we let our, our fear of needing that thing, like, you know, have us keep all this stuff when really we can just go and get a new one. Um, So that w- that's really important, I think. I also want to talk about when we sold all of our stuff and yeah, moved to California. Sure. Um, but and then I also want to frame just before we go any further, for us, minimalism means asking yourself that question, does this thing bring me value? Which we got from young Christopher Walken. Exactly. Um and so it he really said, he said, What you gotta do is, is ask yourself, does it bring me value? Okay, that's enough. But anyway, <laughs> I wanted to frame that for people because if minimalism can kind of mean a lot of different things for different people. Um, but if you want to break it down into its most simple format, that's what uh, Jonathan Fields Mulburn told Joshua us. Joshua Fields Mulburn. Jo- Joshua. Who would... Jonathan Fields. Jonathan Fields. Yeah. You they always need to get become one two. person. Yeah. Um, but that's what he always says. And so it always sit- sticks in my mind, which is like, does this thing bring me value? If you've read like the Marie Kondo books, I think it's does this thing spark joy. But just giving yourself those little filter questions um, can really help. But Yeah. So I, I think for for us, let's talk about the selling everything. And then we'll kind of wrap up with maybe what we think if you want to try minimalism or if you want to embrace it, what yeah. that can mean for you. Because I'm trying to be cognizant of the timer that we have. And I can see that there's just a little sliver of red light. We're doing a good job. Look at us. So we decided uh, in 2015? 14? 14? We moved in 2015. 2015 so that we would leave Florida. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of interesting because there's a lot of backstory to this, but I'll try and keep it short, which is when Caroline and I first started dating, I remember driving a car. And I remember this vividly only because I just finished writing – Uh, my second book. And I went through this section in the book. And I remember reading the story. And it was very early on in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And you looked over and I was cruising. I was jamming one arm on the wheel, had some sweet tunes playing. My hair was blowing in the wind because I had (gasps) hair at the time. You didn't. You had a buzz. No, I had hair. No, you had a buzz cut. Oh, dang it. Yeah. I had tiny little hair. I never never knew you you had hair. (laughs) That's all right. Anybody who sees is like, you're wearing a wig, man. What's going on? (laughs) Um, I, I remember you asking, do you see yourself living in Florida forever Mm -hmm. or would you ever move? Mm -hmm. And my knee jerk reaction was like, I've lived in a bunch of different States. I've, I went to four different high schools and moved around a lot. I like Florida. I wanted to be here. The weather's great. No, I don't want to move. I don't see myself living anywhere. And I think you were like gulp, uh, but a little little bit, you were probably experienced that story differently, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and then we really didn't talk about it after that for a while. And then you know, as we explored minimalism, as we went through I Reassured shutting down, as you started your own business, as we started to realize we wanted to surround ourselves with better people, as we talked about in our friendships episode. If you haven't listened to that episode, more like minded people, not better people, more yeah, like minded people. Sure. Um, but, but better, you know, like good people. Uh, anyway, we just realized that Florida was not the place for us. The values that the majority of people, I would say, have in Florida didn't align with our values. The weather, while it's great for like a couple months, it just is oppressive for the other months. We're both, we run hot, okay? Yeah, we're, we're sweaters. hot. We're hot runners. It's really just amazing that I'm even wearing a sweater right now because <laughs> and I'm not sweating because I run very hot. 
So anyway, we died in the summer. For everyone not watching YouTube, Caroline has a gray Thank sweater you. on. The shoulders got, are... Yeah, cut out, cut out. Did you cut those this up before probably, we left? Yeah, because I knew I was going to be too hot. <laughs> <laughs> Some aeration. It does look really cool, though. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we decided that we were going to move. And uh, we kind of have a weird story of how we ended up moving. We were actually at MisfitCon for the third time. And we were sitting around brunch with our friends Clay and Julia and then Cece Chapman. Shout out Cece, who didn't end up moving in with us. <laughs> but we ended up moving in with our friends Clay and Julia because we joked, hey, we kind of want to move away from Florida. They're like, we want to move away from New York. And we were like, well, where do you want to move? And I think we said San Diego, Portland, or Austin. And they're like, we're thinking San Diego, Portland, or Austin. And Clay was like, I lived in San Diego before. It's pretty amazing. The weather doesn't – it's never bad. And literally at that moment, I think I was like, do you guys just want to move into a place together? Didn't ask Caroline. Not the best situation. I was uh, like, all right. But Caroline had a couple margaritas in there because we were having brunch margaritas. Yeah. If you want me to be on board, with big get life a couple changes. margs. <laughs> and I'm like, let's just start a podcast. Let's go to Europe. Let's have a commune. <laughs> uh, and so through many months of calls and we came to San Diego a couple of times, we found an amazing place. And it was time to essentially move and pack up our stuff. And so we had this moment where we sat down at our place in Florida and I owned the place at the time. And we said, all right, what are we going to do? Are we going to get a U-Haul and fill the U-Haul with all of our existing stuff that we don't necessarily love all of it? It's just kind of what we have. Mm -hmm. And then I have to drive that sucker almost 3,000 miles across the country, really worried about it. It's all of our precious things. You know, I'm, I'm going to be careful. Also, the interior of a U-Haul is always like a 1981 Ford Taurus. So it's just Also, awful. we're going to drive across the country and be in separate vehicles. That's We'd have sad. to do walkie-talkies the whole time, which is fun for some of the trip. But, but not, not the whole trip. Thing. And... You know, we we basically busted out a spreadsheet, as we do with a lot of these things. And we went, how much is it going to cost us to move everything? And how much would it cost us to just buy everything? Now, and the funny part is buying everything was more expensive. Yeah. So the buying everything we estimated would be between $7,500 and $10,000. The moving everything would be between $3,000 to $4,500. But... But there were a, there was a moment where we realized, hey, we're minimalists and we're trying to be cognizant of the things that we buy and how much money we spend and we don't have a lot of money. However, we don't really want all of the stuff that we have. We, we were, would love a fresh start. We, that's exactly what yeah. it was. It was we were like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. We were ready for a complete transformation. And so ultimately, we knew that maybe in order to just buy the bare bone stuff at like Ikea and whatever to live in the other place luckily we had roommates and they had stuff as well so that was helpful we but we we knew we were gonna have to pay some money but we were like that's money we're willing to spend on things that we can actually now put through our values filter and go do we actually need that thing do we actually need the dining room table do we actually you know all these things and so yeah we did an everything must go sale so, so it's like take yeah. your your average garage sale and then just put it on steroids every and single thing in our home had a post-it note on it i mean literally everything yeah. like drawers you would open a drawer and there were post-it notes on the spoons yep our bed had a post-it note on it. Our dresser, the TV, the surround sound system, the dining table, the chandelier, like everything. had. Jason to... had a square reader. Yeah. So instead of just taking money from people, because I knew that a lot of people wouldn't have cash to pay for like a bed, like you would have right. $800 in cash on you. I just used the little square reader you plug into your phone and I would swipe people's credit cards. And I remember we sold our couch, our bed, our TV, our surround sound system, and even small things like someone would come over and they were looking at stuff and then they'd find themselves in the garage like, oh, I only have $20 cash. And I'm like, I got a square reader. Mm -hmm. And so I upsold them 
uh, some more. And it was like the the greatest thing ever just throughout the day, seeing just all of this stuff that we were just like, do we really need this dwindle down? And people are moving it for you. It was amazing. It was great. So we ended up making $5,200 from everything in our home, which may sound like a lot or a little, depending on how much stuff you have or don't have. Uh, But for us, we were like, this is amazing. I think we had one trip to Goodwill of like odds and ends that people didn't buy. But literally everything else gone, we fit like a couple duffel bags of clothing and odds and ends in our little Volkswagen Tiguan we had at the time. Our dog Plaxico had the almost full back seat. He had one seat that he couldn't have because we had to put some more, I think, hanging clothes or something there. Um, I shoved a printer underneath the seat. <laughs> like I remember I moved our printer for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, it's not even a great it wasn't, printer. At the time, it was nice. It had a oh, full, it had a built-in it scanner. Wi-Fi. It had Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Anyway, uh, so we basically only moved what we could fit in our car. And we drove that across country and we got to our new home. And then we just had a very strict budget that we kept. And I would say that if someone walked in our place, there's no way they could tell that we spent $7,000 on stuff. Because you would expect there to be so many more things. Oh, no. It was like bare bones. But it was a really good bed. It was a really good a really good desks. Uh, it was some stuff for your art studio. And then just like a couple little runs to Target to like make it feel like we were living in a yeah, place. Yeah. And so that's, I think, a good place to end on, which is that... It's not that we don't have anything in our home. It's not that we don't put anything on our walls. It's not that we don't have things that bring us joy that add to the decor or like little succulents or, you know, it's not that we don't buy anything. It's that the things that we do buy are carefully considered and consciously consumed. So it's not just us running through Target for toilet paper and then being like, that's cute, that's cute, that's cute, and then ending up with like all of this stuff. It's us being like, you know, you know what would make me feel really happy is this. Ooh. God, now, you know what that sounds like? Like cookies are ready or something. Cookies no, are I ready. Like cookies, but cookies you know what I'm saying? Um, so now I'm like, oh, can I have like some come out of the <laughs> oven? But anyway, you know, so I just want to kind of end there, which is that if you came into our house now, you would probably be like, well, this isn't the house of a minimalist. Yep. Yet, if you open our drawers, you see we have one of everything. Yep. We don't have, you know wedding gifts that are just like collecting dust or like china cabinets or all of these things that we don't actually use everything in our home we use or it brings us joy and i think that's what makes us feel like that's our flavor of minimalism and we feel good about that so i hope from here you guys will challenge yourselves to clean out your closet this weekend this is the way that i had this article that people find Mm -hmm. that they'll email like you know like i'm doing the closet clean out and then they'll send me an email after they're like that was amazing (laughs) i got rid of so much stuff i had stuff from like when i was in middle school for some reason i kept all this time uh so i would challenge you guys after you listen to this episode put time on the calendar this coming weekend whenever it is and do the closet clean up. And you know what? If you have old t-shirts that bring back memories that you don't want to get rid of because you're afraid that the memory will go with it, take a photo of the shirt. Yeah. Save it in a folder on your phone that's just titled like nostalgia. And you can still remember that memory with that clothing item without having to have it or wear it. This is what I do with every card I get in the mail. I take a photo of it and I recycle it because I don't need to keep the physical card. Like as much as I love a physical card, I'm so appreciative that I got one. Me getting it, opening it, and then going, great, and then I recycle it. And so I just think there's so many things you can, now in the digital age, you can capture, keep as a memory digitally. And then if you want to go back and relive it, that's fantastic, but you're probably not going to, just FYI. Just like you're not going to open the drawer and go through all these things. All right, let's go to the segment that has landed us all of the awards we've ever received, which is Wagook Defeat. <laughs> it's called We Googled That For You, and we haven't won any awards from it, not just we got being honest. at the Potty Awards. <laughs> get it it's like a podcast award but it's all right everybody 
It's my turn to do Wagoogtify this week. Let's just quickly explain it in case it's the first time. We Google something for you. The other person in our relationship doesn't know. So Caroline will have known this thing. She will have read it. She will know what it is. She's going to ask me to probably try and describe it in the best way that I can. I'll try and keep my description as weird as possible unless I actually know what this thing is. So this is actually very well-timed. Ooh. Because this episode, if I'm correct, will be released on Cyber Monday. Yes. Also, this episode is about minimalism. Ooh. And so I have a question related to Cyber Monday. Mm. When did Cyber Monday, what year did Cyber Monday become Cyber Monday? Okay, so I I have a little bit of a confession. What? Do you know this? Oh No, 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 no. Not all of it. On Matt Diavella's video today that came out, he did a little bit of a history of Black Friday. But did he talk about Cyber Monday? I don't think so. I've only watched like halfway through. So in the video, he talked about it was in the 80s when brands started to take advantage of Black Friday because Black Friday didn't originate as like a sale thing. It was actually. Well, I'm glad that my Will Good Defeat wasn't on Black Friday. I know. Well, that would have been fun because I could have been like, well, I don't know. Could it be? I would have been so mad. So Cyber Monday, I'm going to say that after Y2K, what happened was everyone realized the computers are not all going to melt. So uh, we're going to have a day where we could all just focus on technology and like we could have maybe some deals on that day. And so in 2001, when everyone realized that the banks all aren't blowing up because the computers flipped over to 2000 from 1999, they decided, uh, the current president at the time decided, that it's Cyber Monday on Monday after Black Friday and all the deals have to do with technology. 2001. 2001. Just FYI, that would have been like a month after September 11th. Two months. Well, it could have been in January 2001. Cyber Monday could have been in January 2001. Well, that they decided. They didn't know. That, whoa, we don't go to a morbid place. No, I I'm wasn't. Just saying, I'm just saying, just so you know, the September first 11th been, was on to, was in the year 2001, which means Cyber Monday would have been two months after that. Maybe, that they, seems, post, maybe they decided in 2001 oh, and then okay. they said, let's postpone to 2002. Answer. Okay. See, yeah. I'm just trying to help you out here. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Incorrect. (laughs) It's 2001. No, I'm just kidding. 2005. And this is a couple interesting facts about it. Anything about Y2K? No. But um, if you think about the timing of it, where like shopping online was starting to become like sort of a thing. Pets.com. So the reason that it happened is because for several years in a row, so maybe starting in 2002, um, the National Retail Federation had noticed a recurring spike in online revenue and traffic on the Monday following Thanksgiving. And so they believed it was actually because people were making purchases from their computers at work where the Mm. internet connections were faster and their kids couldn't get a sneak peek at their gifts. So people were like having Thanksgiving holiday. And then when they got back to work on Monday, that's when they were doing all their holiday shopping, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, for sure. And then so in 2005, the group the NRF, the National Retail Federation, issued a press release that basically titled it Cyber Monday. And it says, according to the press release, 77% of online retailers had seen their sales increase substantially on Cyber Monday. That's a lot. That's a lot. And so then from that point on, it was sort of marketed as Cyber Monday. But I'll tell you what. I thought that was interesting. Christmas has really impacted the retail industry. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. Before Christmas, I don't think people were selling anything. (laughs) Never. Sears was not slinging dryers before Christmas. But then Christmas came around. They just filed bankruptcy, yes. Cool. I think Black Friday and Cyber Monday are very interesting because as a minimalist, and if you've watched the minimalism documentary, there's a lot of negativity toward that. Mm -hmm. And I totally understand that. But I do think it is an interesting idea as a culture that, like, this is a time when we all know we're going to be shopping, at least for something. Like, 
you can at least get a deal, but mm -hmm. just don't buy all the things. And I think that's one of the core tenets of us for right. minimalism is like we don't we don't buy much right. stuff at all. But when we do, we try and be really frugal about it because right. the truth is, and not to go much longer than what we want to, is that things can make you happier. And it's not that all things are going to they make you happier. They can bring you joy. Yeah, and, and that it can be something that you can have a lasting memory with. That there can, like little mementos around the house that we have, like I really love those things. Yeah. And and so there is some joy that can be brought to those things, but it is about really wrangling it in and not lining up at 3 a.m. to That's get That's why I say joy rather than happy, because I to me, happiness is a term that sort of denotes a more lasting feeling. Like it, it's a state of being, and I don't think that things can can necessarily bring that prolonged state. Like, I think that has to come from a deeper rooted place, but they can certainly bring you joy. Like I can wake up in the morning and see, you know, a piece of art that we have in our home and it can bring me joy. So anyway, that's why I use that term. Cool. Uh, all right, let's wrap up this episode. Maybe something a little bit different than we normally do where we do the normal things that people say at the end of the podcast. Instead, I'd love to know if you're watching this on YouTube, what you think of the Watch Pod? Yeah. Do you like it? Do you miss our old setup? What do you think of the set? Do you want any knickknacks to be thrown in the back that we didn't add? Is there anything that you're really distracted by? Let us know what you think. And if you're not watching on YouTube, how does it sound? Send yeah. us an email. Let us know how it sounds. Send us a tweet. Also, I want to know, do you like the shorter timed episodes? Yeah. Was the timer, were you We're going to get better at actually keeping it under, I think, 25 minutes. We, I doubt it. But it's good to at least have us. A, have, bear, a, little, a little starting point. Yes. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. We appreciate you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Happy Cyber Monday.